Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coman, once again in Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge. Yes. The heart of the Clempire. Yes. Sitting with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Made it through. Made it through Jazz Fest. Uh, yeah. It was. Uh, I was telling our guest here. You know, I was. I, I made all the hit all my marks. Uh, knew all my lines. But I found that I started to uh, have some cracks in the operation. Like I started to leave things behind. Like uh, if you recall, I I left my credit card last week at the ring room. Right, yeah. <laughs> so that night when I realized that and I went and called the ring room and went to go get it, uh, I did get it that that next night. But that the night that I went to get it, I left my my uh, bag on stage at DBA <laughs> oh. that, that had all the stuff I needed to play my well, my jazz fest gigs the next day. Yeah, you're getting old, man. I yeah. can tell. <laughs> Alzheimer's is creeping in. <laughs> the classes are fogging up and all. Yeah. That. The Alzheimer's creeping well, in. Well, so know. you know, it's just uh, balls were starting to drop. Luckily, not any any big ones. You know, I was able to retrieve them uh, before they got too far afield. But. Uh, well, it happens. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You I'll, get busy. You, you're old, and you forget. <laughs> you keep things. saying that. <laughs> you forget. I think things. it was just the. Busyness. I forgot about this podcast. In fact, right? Until you well, reminded me mm-hmm. about an hour ago. Well, that's why I always that's have how, to remind yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to remind things. you. It's okay, though. You know. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's over. And uh, you're back to it's calm now, right? It's calm. I had a couple yeah. of days of calm. Now tomorrow, I, uh, I I still actually left my phone at home today because I'm still uh, I'm I'm leaving for uh, an iguanas tour tomorrow. Oh, and, uh, okay. Playing in D.C. the day after tomorrow. So oh, okay. All day long, I was uh, doing laundry. You're doing a Trump fundraiser? Is that what you're uh, doing? Perhaps I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't I don't think that the iguanas are are, are throwing in with that side. But uh, you know, uh, they're they're maybe. Who, who, I'm not going to be checking anybody's uh, party affiliation at the at the gig, so, okay. so it's open to all. Oh, all right, um, well that's good. Yeah, so you're yeah, yeah. going out of town. Going out of town. You'll good. Get, you'll get a break. Uh, good. Right. God. Right. Jeez. <laughs> I need this. Yeah. But you know, it's. Uh, uh, during all this busy jazz fest time, we've continued to record a podcast a week, put out a podcast a week. So yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, the uh, it hasn't slowed us down in in, in that that right. that arena. Right. Well, I I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, you know, like Renee, you, like you do uh, with your gigs, you show up, uh, you play your bass, you tune your bass, and for me, this podcast is me sitting in my trailer. I come out, I hit my mark, I say my line, right. and I go back to my trailer. There you go. You All right. Know, well, but, we appreciate uh, you being here yeah, today, Manny. Uh, yeah. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do this. So. All right. Well, you know, it's always been touch and go from the beginning. Right. So, from the uh, beginning. But who, who uh, Jazz Fest is over for everyone. Right, right, right. And uh, uh, in fact, it was actually extended on my street because somebody uh, who uh, lives next door to me who just bought the house? He decided to have a back porch party. Uh huh. How'd that a go con- yesterday? I, or you you talked about it on the last podcast. How well, you had some, I uh, some plans I missed to, uh, most of it, but okay. I realized I did see the very tail end of it, and it was um, it was uh, a band, uh, two guitar players at this back porch party, uh, the Smothered Brothers, who we know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Paul Sanchez and Alex McMurray. Okay. Singing songs together. And I just caught the very tail end of it. And uh, um, it was very strange because uh, uh, at the end of it, because I was watching it from my backyard so I mm-hmm. could see. Um, I mean, uh, their crowd was older than the Iguanas crowd. I mean, these people were, ge- were drinking Geritol watching this shit, man. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I, 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 people in walkers and wheelchairs. It's like, who the fuck are these people? It's something for everybody, yeah, man. Yeah, you know. You know uh, I didn't really listen much to the music because uh, I was mowing my lawn at the same time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was crazy going nuts. <laughs> they must have enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> then, it, then someone who I knew there uh, told, you know, I, I'd mentioned how, how fucking, fucking geritol this crowd was. 
Um, I see hot. Yeah, I see hot. And, yeah. <laughs> I see hot happy hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they had uh, old black and white photos where you had to stand really still <laughs> and take the photo. Okay. You know, that kind of stuff. Sure, sure. Actually, I see hot crowds a little hipper than the Geritol crowd, so I don't want to... I don't See, know. I'd rather have hottie icy, don't you think? Okay. All I'd right. rather have that. All right. Flip it, flipping it around. It's like trying to pee with an erection. It's very <laughs> hotty icy. <laughs> you, know, you ever try to do that? Well, sure. Sometimes out of necessity, yeah. Yeah. It's very tough to do. <laughs> can be, can be, can, can, can go I've done it. Sure. It's, I've it's done it, but I've also reached a falsetto note when I've done it. <laughs> So it's, you know, and I'm not much of a singer. Right, right. You know, and uh, the alley cats and the dogs would scream. Right, can be problematic. Anyway, this was back in uh, Los Feliz, California when okay. that happened. But anyway, but I, I, it was funny because I mentioned that to a, a, a friend, a, 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 someone we know, mm-hmm. uh, who's a big jazz fester and lives in the neighborhood. And I said, Jesus, man, this crowd is so old. And... Um, and she, and she said to me, she goes, Manny, you will not believe this, that um, I guess this year's Jazz Fest, there was more um, 911 calls than ever before huh. because of the age of the people. Yeah. There's so many old people. Because if you looked at this year's lineup, I mean, man, this was like, there was nobody, really nobody except Lisbo, Lesbo who can attract the young people. <laughs> And uh, that Ed Sheeran, the, uh, the uh-huh. rip-off artist. <laughs> Other than that, it was just all like over 60 crowd. Right, right. You yeah. know? Uh, and she told me that this is like the biggest year for 911 calls at huh. Jazz Fest. Okay. It's all old people. Yeah, you know, yeah. Thinking that they can go out there. Right, well. You know. You know, I guess most of them are succeeding at it. You know, it's only a few are uh, falling by the wayside. Having a, it wasn't a, a few some, this year. It was some, quite, well, a few. Yeah, quite a few. Quite sure, a few, sure. But still, still a minority. You know, most yeah. people are, are surviving. And when they fell down, they, they would urinate. Up. Oh, well. Yeah. You know, because they can't control their bodily fluids. <laughs> okay. You know, and that heat. I think the heat does it to them. Yeah, it wasn't even as hot this year as it was last year. Uh, but, I don't uh, know. I don't go out there. Right, right, uh, right. No, but yeah, so, so it's over and done with. And maybe next year they'll, uh, you know, bring Britney Spears or something. Who knows? For for the young people. Yeah, for the young yeah, people. She's she's pushing. I don't know, fifty. I think well, too. <laughs> well, I mean that's that's young for jazz fest, well, don't you think? Okay, okay yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's true. I mean, you ain't seen any fucking, right, right, uh, right. you know. Uh, well, speaking of old people. So, so uh, you know, I, uh, I our I ha- friend Dave, Dave Clemens, Dave Clemens, yeah, he was just here, made a, uh, uh-huh, a, a, yes, a cameo he, appearance. He's yeah. looking good, and we just saw, I saw Jimmy Chubbuck, our future guest, uh, right across in the empty lot there. Yeah, we better um, get him on fast, man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be much of the future guest. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I agree. Time is of the essence. You know, there's a certain sense of urgency. What kind of about name that. is Chubbuck? It sounds very I, porn. I, I don't, I don't know. Sounds like a Woody almost. Yeah, I don't know. Man, I got I, a I, I'd never heard that. Dude, name she gave me a Chubbick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and his first name is Jimmy. So, uh, well, you there know, you go. Yeah. Jimmy Chubbick. It fits. Well, he's Hispanic. Know? It could be Jaime. Yeah, he's. I don't think he is Hispanic. <laughs> oh, I don't, you don't? Oh, okay. no, no, he just, no. Oh, he just hides out in Latin countries? Yeah, that's why he's can, he can hide, because, uh, uh, you know, he's just the, the crazy gringo that everybody Well, well yeah, along. it's like uh, Bandidos Yankees, right? Right, uh, right, 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 Sundance right. Kid, yeah. Well, so I, so I had, uh, just to, to recap Jazz Fest, I, I uh, had, a, had a gig with uh, John Mooney out there. He was on fire. I had a gig with uh, uh, Loose Cattle. They played their, their the best show of their career there they were peaking on jazz fest and then uh then uh, uh i had my late night show with papa molly there at uh, at, at uh, chicky wawa then i went back on sunday for my day off and uh saw the continental drifters and uh managed to get uh, the uh, backstage pass from them and that was the stage that tom jones played on oh, so i yeah. got to watch tom jones from the uh the 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 guest deck on the side of the stage oh wow so tom jones as he's walking up the back of the stage he's 83 years old as he's walking up this long staircase he wet him he looks old yeah 
I mean, he looks he looks like a like an old guy. When he got on stage and started singing, he did not seem old at all, man. He, the guy still can fucking hit all the notes. His voice sounds fantastic. Well, that's the, the it with those old guys, man. They have nothing else. Well, he knows how to sing. He's not somebody yeah. that's a, that's a screecher. Well, you I've know? seen he, him before quite a few times, Tom Jones, and I actually saw him at Jazz Fest about five years ago. Yeah. And I didn't realize that he had so many great stories about uh, hanging out with like people like Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson. Yeah. All those people. And Elvis. then when I, when I was walking home with my wife after seeing him, I just said to my wife, he's a liar. He's, he's a fucking liar, this guy. You know, he doesn't have any of that, you know. Anyway, yeah, he's a good guy, yeah. So that was a thrill to see him there. Uh, yeah, I saw Tom Jones in L.A., I think, once, and I saw him in Vegas with my parents when I was very young. My mom was a big Tom Jones fan. She was, loved his TV show, and right. she was one of those ones who would wipe her pussy and throw her bra up at him and stuff like okay. that. Okay, all you right. You know, she liked to party do girl. That. Yeah, she was a party girl. Sure. Um, but uh, she's dead now, so I can, uh, that's I'm why sorry. I can talk shit about her. Right. You know. Anyway, right, right, right. Um, so yeah, it was good, and uh, I saw something. Speaking of uh, dead people, dead rock stars, okay. and stuff like that. I saw uh, uh, on HBO, they have, the, was, was it HBO or I don't know, this David Bowie documentary. Oh, yeah, I saw that at the, uh, the IMAX theater. Yeah. yeah. When did you, when was this? Um, it came out like in the, uh, like right around Christmas or something like that, maybe November, maybe I don't Thanksgiving. Know. I, I don't know where it played, but it's yeah, yeah. on HBO now, and uh, it was. I was not impressed with this documentary really? whatsoever. Well, it's not really a documentary is the thing. Well, it's, they it's uh, not... advertise a documentary. Yeah, it, it's, it's... it was very little substance. It, very little substance at all. It was just nothing but fluff and flair. I, I really enjoyed it. It's visually uh, really stunning. They yeah, have... but when I think of a documentary, I think I want to see like you know gritty, you know truthful stuff, home movies, right? And stuff. No, it's it's, it's and not this built was just, as that. This was just like Star Wars or fucking Avatar or something. Yeah, you know? it was it was awful. Yeah, it's. And it's I felt not... bad for David Bowie. <laughs> you know, I really felt bad for him. No, I loved it. A lot. A lot of Bowie fans really really love that because it wasn't the same i mean we've all seen every bowie documentary that's been out and there have certainly been lots of them you know and and i've seen them all and so this was kind of a little bit different take you know they actually had a few uh interviews that that hadn't been widely shown that they kept uh, referring to and uh you know a lot of it was very personal kind of you know like what David thought, David's idea, you know, as opposed yeah, to about David. I don't David. know. I, I was anyway, very disappointed with it. Well, don't, don't, don't let Manny's uh, 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 negative review turn you off from it. Check it out, people. Decide for yourself because, uh, again, I, I, yeah. uh, I thought it was stunning. So, okay. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry because you, you lean that way. Well, sure. That's uh, why. Yes, I do. You lean that <laughs> Clearly. way. Clearly. That's how you <laughs> thought it was stunning. Well, Just like yeah. you and your cruises you take. You lean that way. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. What can I say, Manny? Um, so uh, I don't know. So anything else? Uh, anything yeah, else going there's on? a lot going okay, on. Okay, well, let's. Uh, Our let's... state legislature, uh, because ja everyone's so focused on festivals and all that, and they don't care what's going on in our city, our state. You know, because this this sit this state is just awful. It's just an <laughs> awful place. You know. Um, so, but, you know, there's so much bullshit going on that there's actually, in our state legislature right now, there's a vote to go on uh, that's going on right now. There's arguments going on why uh, uh, people are trying to get buried with their pets. Huh. Have you heard about this? Not at all. No, I haven't heard about yeah, that. Yeah, it's been going on. This, this story came out, well, it's been going on for about six months now. Wow. And more and more people in this state, I guess... They want to be buried with their loved ones, you, uh -huh. know, you know. So uh, Otis, who's like the fuck his dog, wants to be buried with his dog. Oh, that you know, makes sense. That, that kind of stuff. Right. But the weird thing is, is that uh, most of these pets are still alive. <laughs> well. <laughs> so people are wanting to be buried with their pets while their pets are still alive, or maybe the pet's dead, and they want to be buried with the pet. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it's, just, it's just a waste of time and waste of money. 
And funeral homes and cemeteries are the ones who are stuck in the middle of this because there's no legislation for it right now. That's what they're trying to do. Is it right? So they're trying to prohibit it, or they're just they're trying, trying to, to like, yeah, they say no, you can't. Well, these cemeteries, you know, you got these really religious cemeteries, you know, the Catholic shit and all that fucking right, shit. Right. You know, it's just like, well, wait, it could be sacrilege that you're being buried with your turtle. Okay. Or buried with your, you know, uh, probably not, uh, but beaver. Uh, okay. You know they're, that uh, kind of stuff. But I found it very entertaining that there's actually arguments going on about this. Yeah, that shouldn't that, that be just led up to the person themselves. Yeah, exactly. A matter but, of and if the funeral home right. says, "Nah, we're not, we don't dig that. We don't want you, you know. We don't want Fido next to you know, unless maybe it's in the same coffin. I don't know. Uh, well, maybe that's the issue. You know, you have like I, a, I a equal protection well, clause it's land. issue. You know, you know these cemeteries like, uh, are a big waste of land to begin with. Okay. You know, so maybe it's the land issue. I have no idea. Yeah, but it's an ongoing like argument that, right. that uh, probably won't be solved in our lifetime. Yeah. So <laughs> more controversy. Yeah. Well, it's good. Um, I'm glad to see that the Louisiana legislature is making good use of their time and uh, you know really weighing in on the important issues of our day. Yeah. And another thing that bothered me this past week, among many things, um, uh, last Saturday morning. I woke up like four in the morning screaming. I don't know. It, it happens. That's, that's it's usual. pretty par for the yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't sleep, so I went into the living room and I started watching television. And I saw uh, the coronation for King Charles. King Charles, yes. Yeah, yes. You could you could say anything if you. Oh want. yeah. Well. <clears throat> anyway, you know it was the funniest thing because they had this mass and all that kind of shit. And there, this guy is putting the crown on his head. Uh-huh. And I don't know if Charles' head is weird, but he had very, a lot of trouble fitting the crown on this guy's head. Like, it was, like the head was too big? Well, yeah. It was like he had to lean it and then tuck it and lean it and tuck uh-huh. it. And he was doing all sorts of stuff uh-huh. on Charles' head. Okay. And finally they said, okay, it works. Here's your crown, dude. Okay. And then the weirdest thing was, now... I. You know, they haven't had a ceremony like this since, uh, what's her name? Uh, Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth. Yeah, like when, the 40s uh, or something. Yeah, in know. the 40s. And so apparently part of the tradition is, part of the vow is that the archbishops and all that put all these walls around the king or the queen, and there's this special sermon that no one can see. Oh, Okay. You know, and I think it's the Nazi sermon. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Okay. I think it's the Nazi sermon because they were sympathizers to the Nazi party. Well, they you know? are German, though. Yeah, they are. Habsburgs, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're genetically. So, uh, but what uh, the thing I thought, German. you know, going back in my youth, I, you know, I, I love movies, old movies from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, somewhat today. <laughs> but uh, why, why doesn't the king. They should wear their crown all the time. Okay. You know, because you see these movies from like the 40s, and the king, King Louis or King Henry, is like walking around with causing the, with, the with crown. his crown on his head. Oh, okay. He wears it like for a half an hour, then they take it off. All right. He should wear the crown 24 7. Remember that uh, that uh, margarine commercial? Uh, yeah, that the exactly. People would eat the margarine. And they the would have a crown on crown their head. Crown on their head. Yeah. yeah. What, what what company was that? I can't remember. I don't know. That was. Um, uh, I don't know. It was margarine. I, I don't yeah. know. Anyway, somebody. But somebody why doesn't he in. have to wear the crown all the time? I don't know. I don't know. You know? We should have asked our guest from last week, Steve Pike, about that. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, we could have. Uh, but yeah, I see. If I were king, I'd wear the crown all the time. I'd be walking sure. around like, look uh, at like, me, like the and Burger be, King. Yeah, if yeah. I was like, uh, if I become mayor, I'll, I'll introduce the crown. Uh, okay, there yeah, you go. Wear the, a crown. Yeah, the mayoral Bur- crown. Burger King's always got walk the crown. Walking, walking. Right. Well, Burger King. Oh, that's funny you bring them up. They're going out of business, man. They, really? They're closing over 200 stores. Huh. Well, that's restaurants. A, that's, a, that's owned by PepsiCo. So I think PepsiCo is probably. Uh, you know, on solid footing, but uh, maybe they're just doing some cost cutting. Well, as a kid, I always preferred Pepsi over Coke. Really? That's, that's but I preferred RC over both of them. Okay, that's RC real, real Co- the Royal Coke. Crown. Yeah, yeah, Royal, Royal Crown. Back yeah, to the Crown. Yeah, All right, makes crown. sense. And I used to love uh, Fresca. I like Fresca too, yeah. but I only liked it out of the soda fountain. I didn't like it out of the can or bottle. Hmm. 
Because there were many diners in L.A. that had fresca, wow. you know, from it's, the counter. It's got a grapefruit taste to yeah. it, fresca. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. goes good with tequila. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes. And I remember they had a commercial. People would pop up fresca, and it would start snowing where they were back when we were kids. They had that. And then they took it off the market because it had cyclamates in it. But now it's back. Um, we should get our guest in here because he's got a yeah he's, he's got a lot to say he's got a lot to say and he's got a he's got a pressing schedule so uh, <laughs> so uh, are we good Manny can yeah. we uh, can we move on for now okay all right this is an exciting guest uh, I've, I've thought about having him on I was uh, I was giving him some some space didn't want to rush in on him but uh, then we crossed paths and he was he was uh, he was all for it so. Uh, this is a, a Grammy Award-winning uh, funk and jazz drummer, educator, and performer, a founding member of Galactic, the essential New Orleans funk band. Uh, as, of, as of 2018, he's also a part owner of Tipitina's, along with his bandmates uh, in Galactic. Uh, he's he's uh, been a member of uh, Garage A Trois, uh, New Orleans Klezmer All-Stars, uh, all kind of different groups he's played with, a uh, very prolific solo artist as well. Without further ado, the great Mr. Stanton Moore. Welcome, Stanton. So good to be here. Good to see you, Renee. Man. Good to catch up a little bit. And yeah. Manny, it's good to, to make your acquaintance. And Hey, pleasure. You know, uh, I didn't want to butt in too much. Uh, I don't don't know how much y'all like to give away who the guest is before we get into it but uh but it's great to be here yeah man yeah well we're here in snake and jakes and i know uh you know with galactic you've had a number of singers over the years uh one of the the first one i guess was uh theral de Cluett. yeah and uh and and you played on on Theral's, uh solo record, the Houseman Cometh, and this used to be uh, along with uh, June Yamagishi and and Michael Ward. Theral would be the third one of the the three horsemen holding down court here every oh, night. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I used to spend many many late late evenings in here. Yeah, and uh, not so much lately. Although we did come uh, during French Quarter Fest, I came to Snake and Jake's. I bumped into to to Joey. Peebles, the drummer for Trumbo Shorty. Okay. We bumped into each other, and, you know, we've toured a good bit together, and he's kind of like a student, kind of like a younger brother uh -huh. to me, and he's like, you know what I want to do tonight? I want to go to Snake and Jake's. <laughs> so me and my wife and Joey got into an Uber, and we came down to Snake and Jake's not that long ago, a couple weeks ago. So, right. Um, nothing's changed. Yeah, nothing's changed. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's what's so great about this place. And here is Dave Clements right here, right. sitting right there at the bar, and we bumped on, into him as he came in. But, you know, that that's I think that's what's so endearing about Snake and Jake's is that, you know, not much changes, and it, it feels like could have been 10 years ago, could have been 20 years ago. Could have been and, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> right. And here we are. Well, the spell, smell of urine never changes. Does it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always know. brings you back. Bring, yeah, brings yeah. you back to things that you remember the most. Yep, yep. You know. Well, so uh, so you know you're uh, playing in Galactic. You you have so many uh, irons in the fire. You play with all these different bands. Uh, Frequinox now Frequinots. Uh, you played with uh, one of your side projects. Uh, you guys must have played a million gigs during Jazz Fest, huh? Yeah, I had twenty this year. Okay, twenty in eleven days, and one year I did thirty-one, and <laughs> that was too many. Too many. And so I started. You know, paring down, and you know, as you know, as a young musician, you say yes to everything, right? Until you can afford to say no, and uh, you know when to start saying no uh, to certain things that that's never clear, you know. So, uh -huh. um, but I had to start saying no, uh, otherwise I would just be too over, overly exerted, you know, just uh, too exhausted at the end of it. So, I, I, I like. 20 20 is a good number okay it felt uh felt good and and uh i didn't didn't feel like i overdid it um and and it was you know it was great and my wife asks me every year she says well you know next year are there any that you would you know maybe not do again mm -hmm. and this year there there aren't you know every single gig i did i loved nice and i get to play with you know my favorite musicians right in some of the um you know my favorite venues in town and, uh, you know, what's not to love about that? Right. So I'm very fortunate and uh, very, you know, have a lot of gratitude towards being able to do that. You know? Man, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, we're all so fortunate to be, to be playing music, uh, you know, in a, in a uh, professional capacity. And, and it's true. You look at some of these gigs, and you're like, I know that's going to be a lot of work. 
I know it's that's you know it's going to demand a lot of of time and preparation, but I can't say no because it's going to be too cool, man. If I say no and I see somebody else doing it, it's going to drive me insane. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, one of my challenging days was you know second Saturday playing Blue Nile with Eric Krasno. Uh-huh. We have a new project called Krasno More Project. Right. And that's my latest record. Oh, okay, sure. And, and that's um, it's an organ trio. That is a tribute. The, this record, we did it as a tribute to women in music. So it's all female artists. And we covered some classic artists that you might expect, like Aretha Franklin, Nina Simone, um, also Sharon Jones. But then we also did some more recent artists like Amy Winehouse, Billie Eilish, Casey Musgraves. So it's, it's a really fun record to have put together to play all these great songs in an instrumental way with an organ trio. And then we had special guests like Branford Marcellus on sax and um, Corey Henry on, on organ, on, um, on synthesizer. And, mm. um, you know, we have Corey Henry on trombone here. Uh-huh. But there's also a Corey Henry who plays keys. Okay. And then uh, Robert Randolph. Nice. So we played first New Orleans show with that trio mm-hmm. at Blue Nile and then went straight from Blue Nile to Tipitina's to a sold out Dumpster Fire gig, which is all of Dumpster Funk plus me on drums plus Robert Mercurio on bass. Okay. So, and then I had to go play the fairgrounds. So you got three bass players in that band? So Tony Hall plays guitar. <laughs> okay, all right. So you got right. Tony Hall and Ian Neville on guitar and then Robert Mercurio and Nick Daniels on bass. Okay, all right. So what was I going to, you know, to your point, what was I going to do? Say, no, I don't want to do that because I might be tired yeah, yeah. for my jazz fest, you know, slot with Galactic. And then, you know, played with, with Galactic on the main stage at Jazz Fest and then go and play DBA from 10 p.m. till 3 a.m. Uh-huh. So, you know, what of what of that am I going to say no to? Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> All of it was super fun and, yep. and you know, with musicians that I love. Yep. And a lot of it's original music, too. So, aside from the Krasno Moore stuff, mm. but even on that gig, though, we played a lot of original stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm in a really fortunate position that a lot of the bands that I play with, I'm the original drummer on the recordings. Uh-huh. You know, people ask me sometimes, like, you know, what's what's your advice for younger musicians? And aside from the obvious things like, you know, practice and all this kind of stuff, start bands. Yeah. You know? And you, you, you know, you guys were always um, an inspiration to us. The iguanas. You know? you're yeah, about. one million percent, man, because you guys... You know, we were watching y'all. You were like, you know, as we were saying before we started the podcast, you're about ten years older than right, me. Right, right. You got you came in with a whole group of guys that were about ten years younger than me, and like like guys like uh, um, you know, Jonathan Freilich yep. and, and Alex McMurray and and uh, Ben Elman, Ben Elman, Rob Wagner, and yeah. the whole Klezmer got group. And uh, so yeah, those guys, you know, that the, all those guys that you just mentioned, aside from Alex. Um, you know, I, I toured with those guys in the Klezmer All Stars, mm-hmm. right? And of course, we we're friends with Alex. And um, but you know, th- those were like those are, you know, my contemporaries, right. my, my peers. But you know, we were all—I don't know if I've ever forgotten to tell you this—but we were all looking up to y'all because y'all were—you'd already been on the road, you had already been on on tour, and you guys, you know, we came out and opened for y'all mm-hmm. with the Klezmers, and y'all were playing Great American Music Hall in San Francisco. And to us, we were like, man. If we get to what a point, band is this? So uh, the band that I was touring with at that time was the New Orleans Klezmer All Stars, and oh, yeah. we had just started touring, and um, you know we had this white van with no seats. All it had was a futon in the back. <laughs> yeah. But you guys had a, a beautiful new red Ford Econoline that was you know very new, and we're like, man, these guys got a nice van. They're headlining you know Great American Music Hall, which is a really great. Uh, venue in San Francisco and holds about 500 people and you guys had all your merch together and we were like man these guys have their act together if we can get to a point where we can uh, headline Great American Music Hall then we'll really be doing something so then a few years later we did headline Great American Music Hall with Galactic Mm -hmm. and you know but you guys were doing things that that we set goals to do and you guys were always really cool to us and and I've said this in, in interviews before that some of the best advice we ever got was from Joe Cabral. Uh-huh. And Joe said, man, look, y'all have a good thing going on. He said, 
would stick together. He said, and keep this lineup. Don't trade out your lineup. Be a band. Right. So his advice is like, man, be a band because you you know you have a chemistry, and then you go and people love you, and then they go tell their friends, and then they bring their friends back. And if it's a different bass player or a different guitar, it's going to be different, mm-hmm. and you're not going to develop the momentum that that you need to develop. He said, right. so be a band. So we passed that that advice on to a young kid named Trombone Shorty, uh-huh. and he says in interviews that we gave him that advice, yeah. and he kept his band together. Right. And now look look at you know it's working out pretty good for Trombone yeah, Shorty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you, my point is, you guys gave us great advice. In the early in our early days, that we passed on to nice. to our next generation, nice. and uh, and it's and it's great advice. So, you know, be a band and start bands. Right. You know, is uh, is is advice that I would give to people because you know being a hired gun is is great. That's awesome, but um, you know I talk to a lot of friends of mine who are hired guns who play with some of the biggest you know most important artists in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, they work. When the artist wants to work, your 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 job is only as secure as that person's next whim, right? You know? Exactly, <laughs> and so you know sometimes that's stressful, and they you don't have control over how much you get paid or or you know or input into what direction the that's band true goes in, in the porno business too. <laughs> yeah, it's it true. Is. It's, it's true. very true. Yeah, you want to start your own company, start yeah. your own production right. company. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Start your own. Control your start, own content. Exactly, and you know which is. It take that does take some effort, uh, and oh yeah, it a, does. Lot of, a lot it takes of a lot of effort, <laughs> man. <laughs> and and energy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't pee with the heart on, man. right? Right, right. <laughs> well, you know, Ellis yeah. Marcellus one time he was talking to me about the iguanas, and and he was saying, yeah, you know, there's a lot of towns that you couldn't keep a band like that together for a whole career, you know, and and. I don't know if New Orleans is kind of unique that it allows us to to have bands like that. Like I was talking to one of your uh, at, at this Papa Molly uh, David Lindley tribute night that I played uh, on Saturday night. I was talking to your compatriot uh, uh, Will Bernard, uh-huh. who's a sweetheart. I've never met him before. What a great player! What great a sweet player, guy! Great guy. But we were talking about you know how long Doug Garrison and I had been playing together, which Doug and I started playing in Alex Chilton's band in 1984. Wow. So, so we've been playing together almost 40 years. Wow. And and Will was kind of uh, marveling at that. He's saying, "Yeah, you know, I, I, there's nobody I've played because I play with you know a lot of guys over and over, but I've never been in a band that's you know consistent players over that kind of time." And man, there's uh, well, you know, and I was talking to the Radiators and and even Los Lobos about this. There's nothing that can can duplicate or, or you know can take the place of that kind of repetition, that kind of history to develop. The uh, the telepathy between players, the the shared vocabulary, you know, and and except masturbation. Well, okay, except yeah. that, right? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, talking about this, about you know, being a band, you know, for us with Galactic, we've, I think we're on year twenty-seven now, mm-hmm. but. You know, I'm sure that we're going to get into this because you mentioned it um, in your introduction. But you know, being a band and and playing together as much as we have, you know, we were doing averaging about 100 gigs a year for all of those years mm-hmm. until now. Post COVID, we're trying to pare down a little bit. We're trying to pare down to about 60 gigs in a year, and uh, you know, we had been playing Tip Tina's for almost 20 years playing six to eight times a year, playing twice during Mardi Gras, twice during Jazz Fest, um, and then, you know, playing New Year's Eve, Halloween. By doing that and that consistency, that positioned us to where when the former owner of Tipitina's was considering selling, we were pretty much the only band that he could think of that uh that he wanted to consider selling to so it's because we were a band and because of our consistency and because we were able to figure out how to get along for that long that he had the faith and trust uh in us to to sell 
tips to right, us, right. you know? So, you know, there are a lot of benefits to being in a band, um, especially if you can get along with your bandmates that, that go beyond just the musical. Yes, yes. And man, I was going to say, the fact that you guys have have been together for so long and at a level where you know there's a lot of money floating around you know it's it's easy to to stay together when everybody's broke and you know it's <laughs> when there's a lot of money floating around people can get factional and everybody gets ideas but man you guys must just be eminently reasonable people and get along so well to not only be able to, to operate as a band at the level you guys do with with you know all the 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 finances, the level of operation, but then to take on, you know, a, a big venture like buying Tipitina's and flourish at it. I got to say, man, I'm, uh, <laughs> Tipitina's is now the club that it always could have been, man. Every improvement that you guys have made to the club is has been fantastic. You, and I mean, from... You know, just getting rid of those those speakers in the in the front that always killed the sight lines right. to the way it's operated. Uh, you know, I went to a sold out show there earlier this year, and it was not uncomfortable to be in at all. It's great to hear. Um, it sounds great. It's uh, it's you know, people always raved about Tipitina's, and it was always a fun place to see a show. But there was a lot of problems with it, and a lot of things I didn't like about playing there. And you guys seem to have have solved all those. So well, congratulations, thank you, man. man. I thank you for saying that, and I mean, it it really does mean a lot when when you say that because I know your your heartfelt. Oh yeah, and, and you know it's something that, and I say this often. You know, I don't consider us the owners of Tipitinas. I consider us the current caretakers of our favorite venue in the world, and a lot of people's favorite venue in the world. Man, like, I'm gonna get emotional about it because. Right. People come up to us with tears in their eyes mm. all the time, like, thank you. And it's, you know, it's, we're not doing anything um, to serve ourselves. We're, we're doing this because we love that place. And we know how much other people love that place and how important that place is. And somebody's got to take care of it. And, you know, we're the lucky ones right now. Not so lucky during COVID. That was scary. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... So scary. We'll get sure. into how scary. Like. So you're a band, what's it called? Galactic? Galactic. Okay, I've never seen you guys before. We're not any is, good. You don't need what, to see what, us. Okay, uh, but what is, what is the music like? So it's it's New Orleans funk with okay. with horns, and we have a great But it's white guys singer. doing it, right? Yeah, Manny. Okay. That, and that, That's that the difference, in, right? That they're in That's is why the you pack them in, right? <laughs> <laughs> the music is great. Yeah. These guys, uh, you know, they're they're students of the of the uh, the form. They're they excel at the form. They're innovating in the form. So you know, and to answer your question, Manny, you know, we're we're five white guys that met each other on the music scene of New Orleans. We were all in college at the same time, but but we didn't really meet in college. We met more on the music scene, and we were all fans of music. And then we we came together and started this band, and we've always tried to. Um, to have great singers. So our first singer was Farrell, the houseman, DeCluitt. Then when he uh, was unable to keep touring with us, then we, we made a record with a whole bunch of great MCs. But long story short, we wound up having Cyril Neville as our singer for almost two years, Corey Glover from Living Color, Erica Falls, Maggie Kerner, Dave Shaw. Right, one killer after another. Yeah, man. and right now we have Angelica Jelly Joseph. And she's just yeah. fabulous. She was singing uh, back up with Tank of the Bangas, Big Frida. Well, I'm glad you lot. never had Aaron Neville because that guy's voice is annoying to me. <laughs> that guy's voice. Man, is he's the so only person on the planet that can't that doesn't like. I cannot like, uh, stand. We love, we love Aaron. We love Aaron. Yes, we love Aaron. Well, of course you do. And Aaron, you is, have to say that. Aaron is well, and I actually I do love his voice. And, yeah, no. And he he is the the father of Ivan Neville. One of my very good friends. Yep. Why doesn't he do? He's got all that money. Why doesn't he do something about that thing on his face? You know, <laughs> okay. come on, you got all that money. Oh, you know, it's a trademark. <laughs> yeah, it's something. Yeah, it's a trade. We want to get to to all of your career here, Stanton, and and cover all this. But uh, this seems to be uh, about the time we usually take a break, huh? Yeah. My, my so we're gonna tell me. the nation. I don't know if you've heard any of these shows before. I have a little bit. <laughs> I have uh, We take a break and we tell the nation knows what to do, so we'll be right back. Excellent. Excellent. 
we're back. Back with our guest, Mr. Stanton Moore. Yeah. I am Renee Coleman, back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Okay. You know what? We, we have our guest for like only 20 more minutes because mm-hmm. he's got some stuff he's got to do, which is important to him. So the nation knows the business that we have to right, go right, through. Right, you right, right. Support uh, the podcast. Yeah, listen check to out the Venmo uh, and yeah, PayPal link. Venmo. Follow us on social media. You know, uh, right. Rate, subscribe, yeah. and review. They know Give the us drill. five stars. Uh, they yeah, know yeah. the drill. They're not All doing right. any of it. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> okay, so back. Back to our guest, Back Mr. to our Stan guest, because we've got 20 minutes, and right, he's right, exciting right, to right, me. Right. And you're very, you're well-groomed and oh, shaved. Oh, thank you. You know, he's I a like sharp character, it yeah. keeps it tight, keeps it clean, yeah. You man. shave every day? I do. Really? I do. I shaved today. I did. Well, me too, because you got to, man, because once you get a little bit uh, older, you know, and you have gray... Uh, well, it uh, starts growing all over. The gray ears beard. and the neck but, and But places. then you have still nice skin like you. If, yeah. As long as you keep it shaved, you, you still look like yeah. you could be 30. You I know? agree. And, you know, we've been preparing to be older uh, right. for a while, and I've noticed for a long time, you know, as cats get older, the guys who look better... Are the guys who keep it, keep it tight, right? Like, you know, yep. Clean shave, uh, you know, a high and tight haircut. You know, you got a guy who's you know getting older and he lets it all go, you know, haggard. It's you know that's, that's it looks worse. Yeah. yeah. When you have when your hair is is going gray, the more hair you have, the more gray hair you have. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. You know, this uh, uh, friend of the podcast, Michael Tisseran, was telling me when you're if you're going bald, the longer your hair gets, the more bald you look, and that's right. That's also and, and true. <laughs> you know, that's why you know guys look good when they shave their head if they're going bald right, you know right. Ben Elman has been shaving his head for a long time he looks great yeah yeah you yeah know? yeah. he, he doesn't age yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know I kind of think that, that whole comb over is a good look okay. <laughs> I like that comb over it's, you know I don't in certain circles you know. yeah I uh, think if you're really thin the comb over look really looks like creepy and cool and, and like uh, John Waters. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, John, yeah. well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's creepy and cool. Yeah, yeah. He's he is creepy and cool. Okay, so uh, so so back to you. So we we've talked about Galactic. Uh, we haven't talked about uh, Stanton Moore Incorporated. And you know, Stan, I, I, I would I would call you a cottage industry, but there's nothing cottage. This is big business, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> And because you have you have you know galactic, you have your your uh, teaching. You you do a trem- you have all these uh, endorsements. You do a tremendous amount of uh, master classes. You I was looking. You now have the Stanton Moore Drum Academy dot com online drum academy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it. How, uh, I, I want you to talk about all that, but first I, w- I want to ask, how do you manage all those different yeah, things, man? That's a great question, and. You know, that is a really good question, and I often ask myself uh, how I do that. <laughs> but to be honest, Renee, I I build in automatic things. Like, for the, drum, for the Drum Academy, I have a weekly meeting with my developer and my marketing guy, okay. um, and my, my, my developer, Mary Rodelli, and my marketing guy, Steve Burnside. And so I'm their smallest client, and they... They they do all this with guitar educational people. I'm their first drummer and their smallest client, so they you know they know what works in the guitar world, okay. and then we apply it to the to the drum world. Nice. And a lot of what we're doing is you know growing my email list, and we do that by offering up small uh, small lessons for free. Mm-hmm. People give us their email; they get that that short little lesson. And then um, also I do giveaways like um, snare drum giveaways, symbol giveaways, and get people to enter. And then so we build the email address um, list, and then I reach out to people when I'm running a sale on subscriptions or running a sale on a new course. Mm-hmm. But you know I love talking about drums. I love I'm a eternal student of music and drumming, and so I always love when people ask me, well, you know, how did you develop that? Like, how did you? develop second line or how did you develop uh you know your ghost notes how did you develop your buzz roll so then i'll write a lesson on that Mm -hmm. right and then you know i wrote my first book on second line and then my second book was all on funk and then i started i could see the writing on the wall you know with a publisher you get a very small percentage so well if i just you know tackle this bear and self-publish It'll it'll be a mountain 
to undertake, but it, it'll pay off. You know, I've, I've hopefully got another 20, 30 years in my career. Right. I had more than that when I decided to do this and, you know, released, uh, opened 20, up. 30 years? How old are you? I'm 50. Oh, okay. So I hope to be doing this till yeah. I'm, you know, 70, 80. Yeah, like Tom Jones's age, 83. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You but, could, I could see you doing it yeah. say, at 83. Yeah, but, you know, I, I don't want to have to get in a van or you know, sleep in a moving vehicle because I have to right. to pay the bills. Right, right. At eighty, right. right. So you I'm want to trying because it it's going to be fun. Right. And I'm, well, exactly. <laughs> and I'm, but I'm also I realize I have all this knowledge up in my head, and I want to share it with drummers and with right. people who want to know about it. And by doing those first two books, I've realized that I kind of have a knack for explaining things right. in a clear way. People have told me that, so I just started filming myself and putting it up on my own website and then charging a subscription. And now I'm offering up courses as well. And it's been the most challenging thing I've ever taken under. And now I, you know, um, during COVID I was practicing like three to four hours a day. Mm -hmm. And then I decided, well, what if I spent like about an hour and a half a day studying business? So I started taking all these business courses and, um, and really applying my, you know, putting my energy and my mental focus into growing this small business, mm-hmm. which is Stantmore Drum Academy. Uh-huh. And I approach it like a business. Like, you know, I was waking up in between 5.30 and 6.30 in the morning and taking these business courses because I had invested a lot in the content, uh-huh. you know, paying a videographer to film me. And now I have my own cameras and I've got Nick Solnick. Shout out to Nick, great drummer. Nice. He helps me film, and and then uh, I send the stuff off, and I have it edited by one of my students who has a video company. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's a lot of work, but now I'm really learning a lot about business from my own tiny little, you know, cottage business right. as my widget, and then I'm learning a lot about about how to run a small business, and now it's it's really invigorating and exciting, and now it's starting to become. A little bit profitable and nice. <laughs> whereas I was you know over investing in it before and and now I can see where it can go in the next 10 years and it's really exciting and I love it you know it's, I get had so many people during Jazz Fest come up and say you know thank you for all the lessons you're putting up I That's really gotta am be learning so gratifying, well, man. It is. Have it students is. come up and say, "Man, this I, you're really helping me." It and, is. I mean, it is, and this is why I do it. Renee's because people will come up and say, man, you know, those lessons that you put up on, you know, 16th note funk, you know, mm. like that made me a better drummer. Now my bass player, thanks, thanks <laughs> you. And, and, and my, you know, and now I'm enjoying my gigs more and I'm, a, you know, I'm a nicer guy to be around and my wife likes me more now too. Oh, okay. you know, well, so, man. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, when people tell you that you made a difference in their in their playing and their marriage at, in their life, <laughs> then that 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 means something, you know. Absolutely, and, it, and I really enjoy that. Now, well, this brings up two two different uh, uh, veins I wanted to get into. Um, I guess I'll go with this this first one, which you know we're talking about how you guys were ten years younger than us. We were able to witness you as a still unformed. Uh, Student, I mean, a, a unformed player. You know, you were, you were, you were getting it together, and so we all got to watch you become a monster, <laughs> which was so cool and so gratifying, really. To oh, thank to, you, man. to see, and I know you you studied a lot with Johnny Vodakovich, You know, uh, uh, someone we all studied with. You yeah. know, in one way or another. Yeah. Um, uh, you know who else? Like uh, Herlin, uh, Carlo yeah. Nucio. I mean, Carlo, absolutely, man. Like you know, just by getting you know, Carlo is not like going to sit in a room and give you formal lessons, right? But I would go watch Carlo and pick his brain, and you know, we would talk a lot and about score for him too at the same time, right? <laughs> well, I'll give him a Russell, ride, maybe. Russell yeah. Baptiste. I gave a lot of rides yeah. to <laughs> and set up his drums, and uh, you know, would drive him around to wherever he needed to go, and so you know, Russell. I followed around a lot and picked his brain a lot. Carlo Nucio picked his brain a lot. And um, and then Herlin Riley, you know, go and watch Herlin a lot. Actually did take one lesson with Herlin, but um, but would, you know, really watch and study Herlin and Shannon Powell. Mm. And, of course, you know, Zigaboo Modalese. Right. 
And, um, and you know, still, like, when I go to New York, like, you know, I, I took a few lessons from Kenny Washington mm-hmm. in New York. So, as I said, you know, I'm, I still consider myself a, a, a eternal student. So, you know, I started this piano trio with, with David Torkinowski and James Singleton, mm-hmm. you know, basically pay them to kick my ass, uh-huh. you know? And it's <laughs> like, when, when I first started it, you know, Anders, I, our good friend Anders Osborne, he came and saw me. When I first started doing it, you know, Tuesday nights at Snug Harbor, he's like, yeah, he's like, he tells me this now. He's like, when I first came and started watching you do that, he's like, you you had some work to do. He was like, you know, you sounded like a rock drummer trying to play jazz. But you threw he's yourself like, in the deep end. Right. He's like, but now you're figuring it out, you know? And and I, I do that because, you know, that helps me work on my finesse. It helps me work on my... Uh, you know, my ability to play quieter, my ability to play with more dynamics. Um, you know, a lot of the songs that we play are challenging form-wise mm-hmm. and, you know, tempo-wise and style-wise. And, you know, so doing all that, you know, I'm really getting more comfortable playing ballads with brushes, you know. And so Ben Elman, on Ben's go-to guy uh, for the Walter Wolfman Washington Records. Right. There's one that's coming out that is that's almost finished. That is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start crying. Yeah. Thinking about this record, it's gonna move people to tears. But Ben watched me practice brushes for years on the front of the bus, and then he knew I was capable of this. But now, I love playing ballads with brushes. I wouldn't be able to do that if I hadn't, you know thrown myself be willing to be embarrassed mm. and humiliated but you know that's i i'm okay with that because it's a process i want to be one of the baddest dudes around the only way you're going to do that the only way you can get better at something is to admit that you're not good at it mm-hmm. and so i admit it i'm not great at playing ballads with brushes but i'm going to hire david torkinowski and james singleton so i can play that with them and then eventually get good at it and now i'm on record with you know walter playing a whole bunch of ballads on my future is my past but this next one even more ballads with brushes and i feel comfortable doing that now and i love it i bumped into james singleton like a few weeks ago he lives in my neighborhood yeah and he's a nut, that guy. <laughs> he's a beautiful nut. Yeah, he's a beautiful yeah, yeah, he's nut. Eccentric. Uh, and but, uh, uh, so he talented. Was, he was telling me that uh, he was doing Lent. It was during Lent. And he wasn't doing any sugar, alcohol. Um, or caffeine. Caffeine. Yep. He, or women. Okay. And, <laughs> uh, Mormon. And uh, he's a good guy. Oh, he's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a good. We got to get him on the show. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, he would be a good. one. I don't think Renee likes him though. Oh no, know. no, not at all. No, I, I, I love Jim. Yeah, no, well, we, we got to get him go on the show. I told him about guy. it. Yeah, I told him about okay. it. Okay, he would be he's really good. good. And I, I David Torkinowski would be. Yeah, great too. and David uh, would be a good guest. Yeah. See, we're we're I'm I'm not even not even done with guests. Yeah. Two hundred thirty-seven shows in. But you know I. I got. I wanted to play with those guys because those guys, you know, sometimes together, you know, them together, played with m- most of my favorite drummers. You know, yeah. they played with Johnny V a lot, James Black, right. Erlen Riley, uh, Shannon Powell. So you know, they would tell me like, "Yeah, man, like, you know, you're leaning too forward on that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, lay back." You know, relax. You know, yeah, or, talk yeah. about a master class. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah every week at Snug. Uh, you know, I've been doing it for years, and now we do every every week at um, Mondays at the Collins Hotel. Mm-hmm. And you know, Tork will tell you, man. He's like, you know, he'll give you a look where you know, oh, yeah. I'm playing too loud, <laughs> playing too loud. <laughs> yeah, Tork is is not stingy with the looks. Yeah, no, no, and you know, and he's not stingy with the criticism uh-huh. or the, you know, and so that that keeps you on your toes, and it. And it makes you, it makes you better. And I would record every week and listen back to it. Nice. And you know, it's like putting myself in finishing school in a way. You know. Man. Now, Torque is Peter Torque from the Monkees. No, uh, David Torkinowski. Okay. Who is is. whose father was. The conductor, was, of the, the conductor of the symphony. His, his mother was a great what uh, symphony? flamenco, uh, New Orleans so his symphony. Mother, his mother was so a great well flamenco known. dancer. Yeah, and, and, uh, I didn't know this, but um, he went to Spain to go with his mom 
to this like ceremony where they they named a street after her. Yeah. In in Spain, like that's how uh, happy she is. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. she's like one of the most famous flamenco dancers of all time. Wow! And she used to come to our gigs, and she was super sweet. Um, but you know, David Torkinowski, I don't know if people realize this, man, but like that dude has played. He has played with you know some. I mean, all of the best musicians that have ever come out of New Orleans. I mean, right. he was Alan Toussaint's go-to guy in the studio, you know, Dr. John, the meters, he toured with the meters, you know, yeah. when art couldn't do stuff. So, I mean, you know, to get to play with him and get feedback from him, you know, it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you're not going to get better by playing with guys who are you know, not as good as you. Right, you need to right. put yourself in the deep end of the pool yeah. and play with guys who are just going to kick your ass all over the stage. Nice, nice. Well, so then my other question or a line of thinking is, so, you know, you're in this band with, uh, you know, Ben Elman and Rob Mercurio. Both those guys have been very successful in the production arena and, and work at it every day. Every like, day. Like you do. And so I'm wondering is, is uh, you know, being in that milieu with those, these are your peers. Are you guys like uh, drive each other on, uh, you know, you inspire each other to, uh, you know, or, or just, uh, just positive reinforcement to see, oh, that guy can do it. I can do it too. Yeah, it you know it's turned out to be a really really cool situation. And you know I went to the studio today to pick something up, and Robert and Ben were in there um, working on an, an Eddie Bow record yep. that's going to come out. It's nice. a very very rare record um, that the if you can find a copy of this record, I'm not exaggerating. It sells in good condition. It goes for three for three grand. Wow, this record. And so we're going to put out a reprinting of it. That's mm. you know. Um, but you know what they do with the Tipitina's Record Club? They find these great recordings and another thing I was going to bring up. Y'all, when you bought Tipitina's, you have this whole archive of live recordings at Tipitina's yeah. that have just been sitting there fallow, and you guys have started releasing them. Another tremendous uh, resource for the yeah, world. Yeah, it's incredible. And then people reach out to us and offer up you know recordings that they have in their archive too. Okay. So you know that that is has been. Uh, just something that's been so rewarding and you know hats off to robert and ben they work their butts off on that you know right and sometimes they really have to you know really work on these recordings and mastering them and getting mm -hmm. pops out and static out and sure and um you know making them sound as good as they possibly can and they really really work hard on that and i'm very proud to be a part of that even though those guys do most of the work, you know, and right, it's, it's um, an umbrella organization. Not everybody can do everything. Right. Not, not everybody needs to do every job. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm really proud of the Tipitina's record club and the records that we put out. And my wife was one of the first subscribers. So we pay to subscribe okay. to get the, out, to Very get the, the records. Um, and I can tell you that when we get a new record, it's an exciting thing. You know, right. it's like, even though I know it's coming, even though I'm part of it, it's like, you know, the record comes to the house and it's like, oh man, this is that Ernie Cato record of all these funky tracks. And then we put a, a special extra something in each one and we try to make it different. So the extra uh, Ernie Cato was, it's um, <clears throat> it's got a, you know, a painting. It's it's a square floppy disk, right? Like you used to get in a magazine mm -hmm. sometimes, right, you know? Right, right, like Mad Magazine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a square floppy disk, and it's got a painting of Ernie Cato on the cover that was done by Scott Guyon, who, okay. you know, he's a year older than me. We were in some of our first bands together. We went to Brother Martin High School together, and Scott Guyon is maybe maybe the one of the only three in a row Jazz Fest poster artist. Oh, okay. And this is one of my best friends from high school. Nice. So he's an astounding artist. So he painted the cover of the the floppy disk, and it and we we made a compilation, killing compilation of all of Cato's rants on WWOZ. <laughs> bang, Cato Bird, I'm nice. the emperor of the universe. Nice. I was born nice. a charity baby, but I'm now the emperor. I'm the greatest of all time. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So. What's that, Manny? What's the difference between a record and an album? That's a great question. And, you know, I think an album, you would consider that an actual vinyl, right? And I don't a, know. I, th I think they're the same thing. An album is like a photo album. It's just a collection of, of material, a collection of, yeah. of, of media. You and know? then a record is a recording. So, you know, could you... 
you know, because you, you know, I remember seeing those award shows, and so they said record of the year, and then they right. said album of the year. Right. So what's the difference? So in the, with the Grammys, uh, from what I understand, a record of the year is a song. So it's a recording of a song. So record okay. means. Recording one song, All one right. song, and an album of the year is the f- complete. But then they have the single of, of the year. No, I, yeah. I don't think they do though. Not <laughs> yeah, a, I don't no, think. I don't know. No, no, I think I think Stanton's right. They use uh, the term record. I think the some of these terms are interchangeable. They may be uh, a distinction without a difference, as they say. <laughs> a distinction without a difference. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can use that. I like that. I'm a borrow that. I'm a borrow that. Absolutely. Well, uh, Stan, we're kind of coming up on on uh, your your time when you're turning into a pumpkin. Uh, any final words? You, I know you're you're out with uh, with uh, Eric Krasno doing uh, supporting this terrific record. I was at, at record the, or album. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Both, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a record supporting album. Supporting something. Well, you know what's, what's interesting is right now the the vinyl of that record and the CD comes out in. In October, so right now it's only available on streaming services. Okay. So what do you well, call CDs that? CDs even around anymore? Believe it or not, CDs are are picking up a little bit. Um, so you know, we're with a record label with Concord Records, and we're like, so we're not going to print CDs, right? They're like, oh no, we are because they're actually seeing an uptick in sales on CDs, which nobody thought that, but then nobody thought that vinyl would come back. And some people are seeing you know, a demand for cassettes, which is... Uh, that's, that's that's just stupid. fetishistic. That's <laughs> yeah. bizarre. Yeah. 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 We're going to want, want eight tracks yeah. next. Right, yeah. right. And then wax discs. That's, yeah. that's, uh, all the hipsters are going to be uh, getting their wax disc yeah. players back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, I mean, I do want to say, you know, since we were talking about like Tipitina's Record Club and Tipitina's mm-hmm. and all that, right. I, I do want to, you know, give a heartfelt shout out and thank you to the people who have been supporting Tipitina's and the Tipitina's Record Club and who have been coming to the gigs. And, uh, you know, it, it really does mean a lot to us because, I mean, as you know, Renee, if people don't come to the gigs, if they don't support, then, you know, our families don't eat. Right. You know? <laughs> and they like to eat everything. You know, exactly. <laughs> so so I really do mean it, man. And, you know, this, this jazz fest that we just finished... Um, you know, it felt so good. And so many people I talked to said it feels like we're back to like pre-COVID, um, you know, kind of attendance. And so many gigs that I played were sold out. Yep. And that just, I can't tell you how good that feels to go from, you know, sold out show at Blue Nile with Eric Krasno. It's our first time playing New Orleans, mm-hmm. you know, with Krasno Moore Project. Get in the car and go directly to a sold out show with Dumpster Fire, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, we had only played Maison before, you know, 400. This was a, a big jump to 800. Right. It was a leap of faith. And, you know, for people to actually buy tickets and show up and sell it out, I mean, that, that feels astoundingly good. And I just want to say thank you to everyone um, who's been supporting, you know, all the different bands and, and Jazz Fest and all of us musicians, you know. All the musicians feel it um, for all of you who are supporting and and. I think I speak for a lot of my friends when I say thank you. Right on, Stanton. God, can't, can't say it better myself, man. Yep. Uh, and nobody what, died. And nobody died. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. But it's they a, had their AARP cards, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I, I mean, we were wondering, you know, it was interesting, Manny. You were saying there was a lot of 911, uh, you know, calls uh, this year, more than, than maybe ever before. And we were wondering, you know, how many people may have passed out from heat exhaustion? Because mm-hmm. um, you know, I got pretty pretty heated playing on yeah. Sunday. You know, it okay. was it was hot out there. I mean, yeah. you know, it wasn't as hot as August, but it's it's still it's it's hot. You know, when you're doing the kind of exertion that you are, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you become a certain age too. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm yeah. not gonna lie, I'm fifty. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fifty, but I can kick. That's right, <laughs> Sally O'Malley. Uh, and that kick, I but can th- kick. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know. So I wonder how many people uh, were suffering out there. But uh, but hopefully everybody's all right. And oh, yeah. um, you know, it was a great jazz fest this year. It felt great, and um, you know, it was it was, it was wonderful. 
Right on. Well, have a terrific summer, Stanton, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. And uh, as always, in the Troubled Men podcast, we like to say, uh, trouble never ends. But uh, Stanton, the struggle continues. Good night. Good night. Good night. Dice que hace falta y te lo busco. Voy a donde sea, tus caprichos son mi gusto. Estoy puesto a dar pelea, contigo lo que sea. Dame una señal pa' que tú veas. Uh. Ando todo el día conectado con eso que me diste, chiquita que tú hiciste. La dulzura con maldad la trae. Dame fun con vegetales, tú eres mi salud y eso lo sabe. Okay, baby, you have my attention. Ponche el beat, lo traje pa' ti. Uh.